When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't ever go to HR unless oh. your lawyer tells you to. Please school everybody on the game of HR. Listen, <laughs> HR is not your friend. And I have so at many all. friends that work at HR. Yes. And they'd be so mad at me. I just really hate that you say that, Felicia, because we do have help for people. Like, we can pro- solve problems. I'm like, Please. solve the problem for who, though? The company. Right. Yeah. Who not, you are employed by. Right. Yeah. Not your black ass. Mm-mm. Let's be very clear. Now, HR is a resource, but you have to use it strategically. Yes. Which means you got to plan three, four steps ahead. It's a chessboard. And so you have to think strategically. You have to think, okay, if I do this, what they going to do? And if I do this, what they going to do? And if, if I say this, what are they going to say? Mm-hmm. And that's what I work with people on specific communication. Right. Yeah. Like when you understand how to communicate for impact, that's when you start to win. To win. To win. To win. To win. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. All right, while black, we back in the building. It's solo dolo today. My partner in crime is, is away, so I get to kind of handle the mic. We got an amazing guest. We've been talking already, and she is already fired up. Um ready to go. And you know what? We gonna, we gonna jump right into this thing because I'm super excited about what we're gonna talk about. Um, so today, we have Felicia Ann Rose Anuha. Yes. And I got it right. You it saw is. that? Anuha. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. She is a media entrepreneur, career consultant, uh, comedian, and she is funny too. <laughs> speaker and a podcaster serving as an executive producer and host of the Trill NBA show, the career management podcast for black women. All right. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And as the Trillist NBA you will ever know, Felicia's goal is to help people survive and thrive in corporate America with her uniquely frank and honest humor. And who does not need that as a lesson? So you weave the lesson with the humor. Exactly. I love it. I love it. By day, Felicia is a marketing executive who works for Global Fortune 500 Company. Um, she holds a 
an MBA. Mm-hmm. I'm the trillest MBA. Oh, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> oh, your BA's in liberal arts, though, right? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then an MBA <laughs> from Indiana. Oh, yeah. You you see, you've been around a little bit. Yeah, I got a hair. I got a hair. Yeah, I love it. Okay. <laughs> um, But you know what? That's like a little bit about how dope she is. So this is what we're going to do. Okay. I want you to tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you came to be the Trillist MBA. Um, I am a product of a thug uh, and a self-proclaimed hoe. I was raised by my mom and my grandma. <laughs> my mom was a thug. She couldn't help herself. But she was the sweetest person. But if you cross her, she will stab you. That's just how that was. Um, she real. But it took her a lot to get mad. But once she got mad, I mean, just run for your life. Um, and my grandma, she was just a loving pothead, but we'll cuss uh, you out. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> wow. So that's where I get the cuss words from. Mm-hmm. So people be like, Felicia, why do you have such a potty mouth? And I'm like, because it's an honor to my grandma. Like, right. she taught me how to curse. I could string together so many, I make you feel so low. And people are like, but you have big words. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> and the big words is effective sometimes. Yeah, when because you... people don't know what they mean. <laughs> but if I call you an MF, you understand. You call it. You call... <laughs> What's an MF? That is such a... <laughs> such sanitizer, motherfucker. No, but I grew up in a single-parent household. My mom... By, by trade, my mom started out as a nurse, but being a single parent... Um, she wanted to take a job where she could drop me off at school and pick mm-hmm. me up and, you know, take care of me. So she became a teacher's aide. Um, so she went from being a LVN to a teacher's assistant, making less money so she could, you know, be a good parent. And uh, I came from very humble beginnings and everything was go to school, get a good job, go to mm-hmm. school, get a good job. So I did that. I went to the University of Texas at Austin on a full ride. Hated it. <laughs> I had good grades. Like, I graduated in the top of my class. Um, Not the top, but in the top of my class. And I had the most scholarships, though. And went to school, got out. (laughs) Thank God. And then my friends were going to law school. And when they graduated, they were like, hey, let's go to Costa Rica for the weekend. And I was like, I will not be the broke friend. So then I went and got my MBA. (laughs) Hey, that's a real life story right mm-hmm. there. Like, it's like, wait a minute, this money ain't doing it ain't what it working. need to do yeah, to ain't... kick it with my friends like I want to. Right. Yeah. So, got my MBA and I was interning my summer at Johnson & Johnson. And Ursula Burns became the first black woman CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. And here was this chocolate woman with natural hair. And I was like, Oh my God, it's the dawn of a new day. I could do it. I, I was so stupid. I didn't know. I didn't. <laughs> and so, graduated with my MBA, started off um, in Minnesota. Side note, black people, stop going to Minnesota. If you're not from Minnesota, you don't have family there, do not take a job. Don't do it. I don't care how much money they offer you. Just like that. Just like that. Stay away. Why? You so adamant about that one. I got I to pull just a little bit. Here it is. Minneapolis is white people's Atlanta. So if you, if you, if, listeners, if you've been to Atlanta or you in Atlanta, you know Atlanta. Yeah. 
the 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 it's inverse a, of that. It's the inverse. Ooh. And then, you know, in the South, you you understand your place as a black, right? Like you get it. You know where you can safely go. You know how to move and live. Mm-hmm. In Minnesota, there's this gaslighting that happens, and they try to make you feel like, oh, and you're wonderful, and yes, come work for us. We need you. We need diversity. Yeah. So then you get up there, and you got a coworker telling you, yeah, you know, we was a good old boys club here until you came in. I mean, now we have you. You know, we're making strides. Oh, you the token. Did yeah. you just actually... Say that out Say loud? Say that to me? It, with gusto and glee. Like, oh, I'm happy about you. Mm-hmm. But yet, I'm experiencing all these microaggressions and just outright bullying and all these things. So, yeah, I just tell people stay away because at every company headquartered, we won't name no names because you need sponsors. So, but I have clients now that... When they say, I work at this company and I know it's headquartered in Minnesota, I'd be like, okay, come on, girl. Let me tell you the tricks of the trade for the Minnesotans. Because yeah. it's a spe- special way that you have to navigate. Oh, see, this is going to be a super dope episode. Because we're going to talk about some of that navigation. We're going yeah. to have a whole array of just insights and nuggets and keys that yep. you're going to bless the audience with. Yep. But before we jump in, yes. I got to hit you with this wild black shit. I'm, you ready? I'm ready. You I'm ready? ready. I'm excited. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get the questions. There's uh-huh. three of them. Now I'm scared about these first two because I don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> um, ready for the last one, though, huh? I know the last one, yes. See, see. <laughs> I love my listeners. Yes. First question. Mm-hmm. So, audience, y'all already know how this go. Three questions. First two are warm-up questions, and the third one is our signature question. So, since, since Felicia's ready, mm-hmm. first question. So you know how we as black people, mm-hmm. we feel like we made it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, nigga, we made it. Right. Generally, it's a car associated to the <laughs> nigga, we made it moment. <laughs> oh, Lord. Right? Right. Now, I'm going to give you three cars. I want you to pick the one that's the nigga, we made it car. Oh, this is going to be real niggerish, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. First one, BMW. Second one, Mercedes. Mm. Or third, Cadillac. I feel like this is a generational question mm-hmm. when you had all those. Yep. Because my, for my grandma, it definitely would have been a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Like, if I came home in a Cadillac, she was like, oh, my God, my baby got a Cadillac. What right. is she doing it big? But I think for us new age blacks, you know, one good generation removed from slavery. Um... The BMW, I think today the BMW, mm-hmm. because my cousin who's about 20 years younger than me, her whole thing is Mercedes. Yeah. Uh. But for me, it's the Beamer. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I, that's really what I want to get the next car I get. Uh-huh. I drive a Honda Accord. Um, yeah. It's paid off. I'm not ashamed. Money stays in my bank account. Ain't it beautiful when it they paid is. off, though? What? <laughs> what? It is. I, I like how you 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 did it generationally mm-hmm. with the three options. That's that's probably really accurate as to like how it play out. So yeah. one of the things like with that question, I, I, I like that one just simply because we not really... Like 
one-sided as it relates to like that question. Right. Because as we as the generations grow, we yeah. we do too, and our preferences kind of change with exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You know better. I mean, and and then probably when what is it? What are these kids? Gen Z? You mean I heard like Gen Alpha Beta or something. something. And I was like, what? Yeah, I don't. Them kids, okay? Mm-hmm. When they grow up and they, um, you know, if they still not trying to save the world, if they buy into the capitalism, yeah. um, they're going to be going for whatever the Porsche hybrid is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they want the green car. Yeah, they're, they're going to go green, but, you know, Elon Musk is showing his... Uh, racist South African self. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they're going to be down for Elon like people are today. Right now. Right. right. Well, it'll all unfold. We'll see. Yeah. But I'm just glad that question wasn't about fried chicken. I appreciate that. Mm-mm. Yeah, that one, <laughs> fried chicken was always a softball. Um, <laughs> second question. And this is something you got to think about because there ain't no options with this one. Oh. What is the blackest thing that you have ever seen? Now, this is in context of us as a people. So when you say this, like, everybody's going to be like, yep. I'm sorry. We have to give homage to the recent August 5th <laughs> event that changed our whole lives. It, it shifted the zeitgeist of blackness. Uh-huh. White people are really confused now. It is truly the recent blackest thing that we've experienced collectively, and that was the what, Riverboat Showdown. I think that yes, was the that's the name, name for it now, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, just so many stereotypes were broken. You know, niggas can't swim. That's a lie. Niggas swimming, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and, and fast too, right? wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, it's something about a man throwing up his hat. It just felt good to my soul. And then to learn, because who knew that? Because they sure wasn't going to teach us that a black man has a patent for one of the folding chair designs <laughs> that we still use today. Yes. Yes. Everybody at, everybody got a folding chair. Yeah. It, I just, it was one of those moments in your life that you're just like, I need more of this. I need us to do this and then what I loved was to continue in that vein. Actively Black had their fashion show in New York, and I was like, "This." When Atheon Crockett took his ass with that chair down that runway, I was like, "Now that's the blackest shit I've ever seen," <laughs> and I love it. Yes. So this 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 is a movement now. I, I I feel like we need to have a annual cookout. Forget Juneteenth because the white people done tried to co-opt it. Now they get the day off Two. and they asking mm-hmm. us questions. I they just ruined something that I grew up in my childhood. I'm from Texas. I'm originally yeah. from Victoria, Texas. Every Juneteenth we had a parade. It was a whole church weekend. <laughs> you know, we had planned the church committee. You know. Like, weeks ahead of time, got permits. You know, people really came together. Like, it was a big deal. And the white folks minded their business. Again, in the South, people know their place. Yeah. Now it's a federal holiday. Now it's a federal holiday. Mm. You you came ready today. Oh, I'm always ready. This is is normal. I got my crack. (laughs) The star of my books. (laughs) All right. With the the star bucks. Let's, let's, Let's go into... Um, 
What do you love most about life while black? Uh, here's what, I, there are a couple things I love about being black. Tell us, let's hear it. But it mostly, the, it's under the umbrella that we got the sauce. We got the spices. Say we got that. the recipe. We are the blueprint. Like, nothing, my grandma used to always tell me this, baby, ain't nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Everything is just a reinvention. Because humans gone human. I think technology gets us confused. Because think about it. What is a podcast? A podcast is just radio on demand. Because we have the technology to say when we want to listen to it instead of having to sit by the radio and wait for your show. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's it. Yep. Um, you get it when you want it. Yeah. And so when I think about black people this ability to reinvent ourselves, to adapt and mold and shape shift. I mean, our hair defies gravity. Who else hair defies gravity? Without jail. Right. And mm-hmm. then the truth of it is, our genes are the dominant genes. It's science. So before I finished my degree in government, I was biochemistry, pre-pharmacy, like, listen... I'm smart, but I hated it. <laughs> I hated all that science and math. I was like, I like math. Y'all making me hate math. What is this? So I had to switch. But before I did, I took a number of science classes, biology classes, genetics, all those things. And the truth is, we got the dominant, our genes dominantly express. Yeah. And everybody has pieces of our genetic code. Mm. That should tell us right there, huh? The blueprint. Look at that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, they used a black woman's cells to figure out cures for diseases for years and yeah. years. Yeah, Henrietta Lacks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Didn't want to tell us about it, but mm-hmm. here we are. So, I mean, the fact that black women breastfed little white kids during slavery. Yeah. So, when Kendrick says, I got loyalty, I got royalty inside my DNA, that's the best thing about being black. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you, you ready. You, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> End it with a Kendrick bar. <laughs> Love Kendrick. Yeah. Hey, so, so you know what? You, you so right. Let's, let's jump into the interview. Let's jump into... To, Kind of what you do, how you got into it, mm-hmm. and then tell us about you know the whole Trillis MBA and and how you started it, how you how, yeah. what inspired it. So the nickname came long before the podcast. So I was an ABM at Kellogg Foods, okay. and I would listen to all this rap music. And I'm from Texas, so of course I listen to UGK. Yeah, and they would be talking about Trill this and Trill that out and I've always been very direct with my approach. I've always been way too honest, especially when you're younger and you don't understand how to finesse your words, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I come from a thug and a self-proclaimed hoe. And my grandma was always, you want me to tell you the truth or you want me to lie to you? That was always. <laughs> and I'd be like, you can lie to me, Granny, because I'm not ready. Um, but... I just came from a background where you just told it like it was. Yeah. That doesn't work well in corporate. 
Mm-mm. Not at all. Um, and so I got the nickname from my coworkers. So you're the trillest NBA. I was like, yeah. Cause I, cause I was say, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I would tell my coworkers this is how you talk to them. Yeah, cause I was like, you told me I could be authentic. <laughs> I laugh at it now. And you believed it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I believed it, but I was testing it. True, but I've always true. been rebellious too. I have a rebellious spirit. Hmm. So there's that part. So the nickname came from there, but then when I started. The show, I was like, I wanted to connote, I'm going to be direct, honest. I'm going to tell you the real deal. I didn't hit my head against so many walls. I didn't been knocked upside my head. I've now, you know, we have words like trauma. <laughs> to me, I just thought, oh, I, I did it wrong. And I'm like, oh, no, these motherfuckers inflicted trauma on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like this In was, those environments. Yes. And it's a real yeah. chipping away at your spirit. It's it's death by a thousand cuts. And so I feel like, let me bleed out so y'all won't have to. Yeah. Let me help you figure out how to navigate this. Go make new mistakes. Come tell me about it so we can tell everybody else. And that's the premise of my show is to say, hey, this is what I've learned. Because I don't have all the answers. I'm not some certified career coach. But I think I have an uncanny ability to help people problem solve. And I get that from my mom. You know, when you're a thug, you got to be resourceful. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. So I learned resourcefulness from my mother. I learned how to figure it out. <laughs> and so... Through trial and error, I have figured out some real answers to protect ourselves and to thrive in some of these environments. Mm -hmm. Or at least leave with a bag. I Ah. always tell people, they'll pay you to leave. If they pay you to come, they'll pay you to leave. So pretty much if you work anywhere and you got a signing bonus, most likely... If they time for you to go and they trying to push you on out, they'll pay you to leave. Mm. Oh, so you finna open up a lot of game for us today. Listen. Wow. So it's dope how you started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that you, like, you can root back to, like, who you are to kind of how you started. You rebellious. You you start to yeah. understand the, the environments that you were in. Yeah. In corporate America, corporate environments. Mm-hmm. And that, that picking away... That's always been something like a feeling of you are inadequate. Yes. Right. And and do you can you ever be adequate, or how much modification do you yes. gotta do yes. in order to just fit into an environment that don't really accept you? Don't want you. Was yeah. never. And this problem that people don't understand: the environment was never built for anybody. Yeah. But white men. And mm. so now. We are thrown into these spaces and we make these people a lot of money. Yeah. We've been, I mean, we've been making this country money since we got here. That's why we that's that's why we were brought here, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And we continue to do so. Now, I want people to get their best possible outcome in this situation because we didn't make 
this situation how it is. And unfortunately, until we get to a certain, not even a certain level individually, it's a collective place together. Yeah. When we can come and agree as a unit and, and we are so brainwashed and I don't know, I pray every day. That was one of my prayers every day. God, please let the black people see each other. Because... Mm-hmm. Like, for real, see each other. Yeah. Well. Because the only way we're going to make it out of this is together. Yeah. It's, so, do you think, now, in an in, in audience, so would it be really clear? Because I know a lot of people have a lot of different backgrounds. Some people may not necessarily have seen or worked in a corporate environment, per se. Mm-hmm. Do you think, like, what the experience is is universal across all corporate environments? To varying degrees. So that's mm-hmm. one thing I want to make clear. I know I talk about corporate because I've worked in Fortune 500 companies. That's that's what I know. But yeah. I coach people from government to nonprofit to um, education, K-12, through universities. I'm going to tell you right now, all these places are trash. Um, <laughs> every single last one of them. And, and I, I feel from my experience, and I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, audience. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, nonprofits are the worst. Yeah, because they're run by a bunch of white women. And white women had a devil on their shoulder right here. Go and cry, girl. Go and cry. You don't feel that made you feel bad. <laughs> she told you the truth. Start the tears and pinch your heart. Start crying. Here's a, here's a trick. If you're in a meeting and a white woman starts crying, immediately get up, run out expeditiously and go get that help of some water and say, here, drink this. Because you can't drink and cry at the same time. <laughs> it's physically not possible. Oh my goodness. And run out, get that bitch some water. And bring it, and bring it back and say, girl, this is just work. Nobody died. Drink this water. Let's take a moment. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to find a solution, Becky. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You strong with this. Listen, I've been, listen, I've been through it. My clients have been through it. My friends have been through yeah. it. It's, it's a thing. It is a real thing. Like, yeah. And you see it with the whole Karen hashtag. Yeah. Now, all those people be at work. They Guess who jobs. they work with? Your black ass. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know they was... <laughs> Garrett's, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you knew by their the behavior, extent, it, but like, I mean, they really be showing their ass outside of work. Mm-hmm. Inside of work, they're very sinister. They're very covert and like almost tactical military style. Like, they be on a mission. I've had some clients where they embarrassed a wife, not tried to embarrass her, but it was just like, you're in a meeting. And the white woman say something. You just say, oh, hey, actually, this is the real update. Sorry, Karen didn't tell you, you know, something benign. Something that should be simple and you're trying to help in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Her ass feel embarrassed because now you're coming in the meeting and you're telling the people, you blindsided her. Yeah, you corrected her. And you corrected her and you embarrassed me in front of everybody. Now she on a mission to get you. And I mean, they be on the, I mean, it'd be so bad. Wow. On some bullshit. Yeah. For months on end. <laughs> so, so in consulting, right? So you you consult in this space. Mm-hmm. Like, tell us about like that experience in consulting and 
like the body of work that you do with with people and with organizations? So with organizations, I do workshops to help them retain talent of color. So like I will come to your organization, to your ERG. Usually I'm working with an ERG because, you know, they always Mm -hmm. delegate, relegate us over there. But I'll work with ERGs and I also have people use their company resources, their professional development dollars for one-on-one coaching. But I I love to do the workshops. And I love the fact that you can use your company dollars (laughs) to pay for my services. Yes. (laughs) And I really focus on what is your plan. So while even though I'm teaching you how to navigate your particular culture, so I do an assessment. Um, I ask some questions about, you know, what do you see? I'm looking for the patterns of the culture and the mm-hmm. land, the the landmines. And then once I understand that for the group and we have a safe space conversation about some of the themes that's happening, then we start breaking down, okay, you are high potential talent. You want to get promoted. Here's how that happens in this company's culture. So like, One of the companies that's really crazy is Amazon. Like their process for promotion. Like you have to get six people outside of your boss to write a doc to endorse you. (laughs) Damn, so you better have a network. Exactly. So that's the next plan we build is how to build your relationship wall. I have episodes about how to build your relationship wall, how to understand your company culture to figure out Who got the juice? So you got to understand, you want to align yourself with people who have juice in the organization. And juice is influence. But you have to pay attention. I think a lot of times, the thing about us is that we've been taught, well, just outwork them. Put your head down and outwork them. But the workplace has evolved. And once they let us in in record numbers, the way you would operate during clear affirmative action Mm -hmm. is not the way you operate. Now, when you were the only one and it was just you, not the other black girl that they switch y'all names all the time. You was really by yourself, okay? (laughs) You had to outwork them. That was the play, outwork them. And then you worked to try to fit in where you could, but then you try to protect yourself so you wouldn't always go to all the company holiday things. And they didn't want you at the company holiday anyway. things anyway. Mm-hmm. So you just outworked them and then head honcho guy had to give you your credit, right? If the white man above you didn't steal it, that's the whole thing. Now, because, you know, we kind of sprinkled like seasoning salt. Yeah. Um, throughout the organization. Throughout, yeah. You know, you got the two black dudes in IT and then you got them three black girls in marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that one black girl in finance, but she worked with the other black girl in operations. They work together a lot, so you see them a lot, right? So now you got enough to have a, a employee resource group. That's what an ERG is. <laughs> <laughs> so now the let's company... Get, let's get them sprinkles together. Right. So yeah. now the company's going to claim... Well, I mean, we've got diversity. Yeah. We got to look at our ERG. Again, true diversity is when your employee population mirrors your consumer population. Most companies, big companies in the U.S., consumer population is the entire U.S. Yeah. There are 14% by population black people, which means 
your workforce should be 14% black at every level. It does not count if all your black people are at level one. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's be very clear. That's not it. Mm-hmm. And this BS about you can't, we can't find executives of color. Then why are they all on my LinkedIn? <laughs> Just like they said, Beyonce can find a whole hundred and fifty black artists who play instrument, whole bands. Bands of black people, accomplished black people, and you can't find one black chief marketing officer or chief technology officer? Come on. Yeah. Stop, stop playing in my face. Stop playing in my face. And I want, I want somebody to do a picture of all the companies that put up a black square in 2020 after they killed George Floyd. I want us to go back. It's been three years. What the fuck y'all doing? Yeah. Because all I see is a rollback. All I see is all the chief diversity people you hired, which you didn't have a plan. No. You was just trying to show goodwill and faith with no plan, no strategy, no execution. Now all them people are out of a job. Yeah, riding the wave, right? I hope they got their money leaving because they got money coming. Because mm-hmm. they was desperate. So, hope they got their money leaving. Wow. But yeah, like, it's all a game, though. That's why I try to, I try to get us in a better mind space. I really try to work with my clients on their mental because you got to get in the game. You got to be in the game. You got to be focused on what you want. A lot of times we get so yeah. emotional, which is the, it is the fair human response. It is fair to get angry. It is fair to cry. It is fair to be mad. Like, this person literally said that you were incompetent. Like, one time I had this white woman tell me, she said, let's work to get you confident and competent in your role. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so you stupid and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm helping the little white girl who she said, oh, Dana, you used to remind me so much of me when I was your age. Now, she was really the dumb one. I'm doing, I'm helping her do her job. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But see, it was one of those situations where she didn't want to hire me. And I got the job anyway. And then a few months later, she became my boss. Classic switcheroo happens a lot. One hire manager hire you. And then you get there, and then they're like, oh, tomorrow they last. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? I what came I can... because of you. Right. Which is why yep. one of the things you got to understand is you got to stay even-keeled, level-headed, and you got to build that relationship while it can't just be, I'm here because of this one person. Yeah. Because that's what happened with my last job. I got hired by this dope-ass black woman. First black woman I reported to Best boss I ever had. It is a myth that black women are not good bosses. That's not true. Stop saying that shit. There are black women who are excellent bosses. And then there are people who are just bad bosses. A lot of them. 
regardless of race. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's probably far more bad ones than than good. good ones. That's the problem. Yeah. So, but black bosses are always in a particular bind, and I we need to start recognizing that and understanding that because there's a lot of expectation there, not just from the black people that work in the organization, but also there's unwritten rules of how yeah. you're going to conduct yourself Right. that's different from their peers. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a mindfuck. Yeah. So you got to stay even keel and level-headed, and I know that's hard. I mean, it's hard for me. I'm a passionate person. I'm emotional. I get angry, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Um, but I have learned that if I focus on my chessboard and what I want, then I can win. Yeah. And so I try to really come back and focus people on that. So even in the workshop, it's a focus on what are your next three moves? Let's think ahead. So you, you don't get deterred when this Becky over here is coming for you, but you're trying to go over here. But if you let her intersect you, she going to push you out the door if you let her. So you got to get smart and yeah. strategic and one of the things I love to, to coach people to do, if you got somebody really messing with you real, real bad, don't go to HR for this. Go to your manager. If it's not your manager. The, so the, the scenario is <laughs> not your manager messing with you, one of your one of your coworkers, mm-hmm. one of your cross-functional team members or whoever. They're messing with you real bad for whatever reason, and they somehow have like a dotted line, maybe a little authority over you, but not really, but they trying to flex on you. They're bullying you, basically. Yeah. You go to your manager and you say, hey, I have broke down all of the touch points of when I need to talk to this person and work with this person. I'm going to limit my interactions to documented conversations on email and chat. I will not meet with this person until they get coaching on how to work better because they are psychologically unsafe for me. They are creating a place of it's a safety issue. I am psychologically unsafe working with this person. They don't need to leave the organization. I don't need to leave the organization. But we have to make sure that we create some boundaries until they get some coaching on how to work better. And then I can also get some coaching too. Because oh, clearly wow. there's a breakdown in our communication. So that gives you a reprieve mm-hmm. from having to deal with this bitch. <laughs> yeah. A hell of a... <laughs> And you put the onus on the leader. Exactly, to get this person some help. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a client, they ended up, they had, I hate when people do this, come to me before you go to HR. <laughs> don't go to HR before yeah. you come to me. In fact, don't ever go to HR unless oh. your lawyer tells you to. It, it, oh, so, please school everybody on the game of HR. Listen, <laughs> HR is not your friend. And I have so many friends that work at HR. Yes. And they be so mad at me. I just really hate that you say that, Felicia, because we do have help for people. Like, we can solve problems. I'm like, solve the problem for who, though? The company. Right. Yeah. Who you are employed by. Right. Yeah. Not your black ass. Mm -mm. Let's be very clear. Now, HR is a resource. But you have to use it strategically. Yes. Which means you got to plan three, four steps ahead. It's a chessboard. Mm-hmm. I got hazed by this black man I used to work for. <laughs> he was 
<laughs> he was a capital. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him. I ain't gonna call his name, but if you know me, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> love him, though. Just kindest, hardest human, right? Good, mm-hmm. good person. Yeah. But I felt hey sometimes when he was in his coaching me. <laughs> um, but I also was junior, you know, yeah. in green. But he always told me, you got to play chess. You're not playing chess, Felicia. You're playing checkers. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, nigga, I don't even know how to play checkers. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody ain't taught me how to play checkers. Right. What are you talking about chess? You telling me play chess? Yeah. I ain't got no rooks and knights. Right. I'm not the queen. I ain't got the instruction manual okay. on how to play chess. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, but it really is a chess board. Yeah. And so you have to think strategically. You have to think, okay, if I do this, what they going to do? And if I do this, what they going to do? And if if I say this, what are they going to say? Mm-hmm. And that's what I work with people on specific communication, right? Yeah. Like when you understand how to communicate for impact, that's when you start to win. And this, I love giving people aha moments like, oh, I never thought about it like that. So, like, yeah. a particular client I recently had, she had already wrote the letter to complain about this bully to HR. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Then she, I got a meeting with HR now. I'm like, you shouldn't be meeting with HR over this, but okay. So then we prep because I was like, okay, here's what you got to say. And the cool thing about me is I have friends in a lot of these Fortune 500 companies. So once yeah. I figured out where this client works, I called my homegirl who works in HR for the same company. So mm-hmm. So I said, okay, give me the rundown of your culture. Um, tell me about the hierarchy. Here's this person's team. Can you look them up on your computer real quick? Yeah, girl, I got you, right? Because right. this is, I help so many people and this is why. Because yeah. when I need, I can pick up the phone and say, hey, I got a client. This is what's going on. I need you to tell me the ends of your company so now I know I how help. to coach her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I said, this is HR. Okay. And then I tell you, tell me about your manager. Tell me about this bully. And I do it like a diagnostic, right? Yeah. Because people are people are people. And you can predict their behavior. So then I told her exactly what to do. So for her, I said, okay, you're going to have this call on Zoom. You're going to pull your hair back. You're going to wear your glasses. You're going to put a nice lip that makes you feel good, but it looks professional. You're going to sit up straight. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Because the way she wrote her... A statement to HR was emotional sounding. And uh, again, we can't have that. Yep. You got to state facts. facts. Yeah. So I said, these are the facts you're going to tell her. Psychological and safe. Then I give you all the buzzwords. The buzzwords that make HR go, oop, lawsuit. Yeah, ooh. Risk. Right. Because Risk profile as increases. black people, yeah. we are in a protected class. And if you're a black woman, now you're in two protected class. If you're LGBT. L-G-B-T-Q-I-A. I love y'all. Jesus. Um, I hate to fuck that up. But if then you're in another protected class, right? Mm-hmm. So 
you got to think through. If you have a disability or even if you have a, uh, like I have ADHD, if I wanted to claim it, I could, right? If you're neuro, neurodivergent and on a spectrum, yeah. all these things, you have protection of ADA, equal opportunity, equal yeah. protection, right? This is governmental protection. Exactly. Yeah. So Legal fe- protection. Federal, yeah. okay? Yes. So they already got a little antenna up when you come complain. But the mm-hmm. problem is they're conditioned and their processes are conditioned to be like, okay, now we just got to move them out because they're risk. They're a risk now. So my job, when you tell me I already went to HR, okay, now we've got to mitigate that that knee jerk of HR to push you out. So the best thing you can do is give HR the answer because if HR has to think of the answer on their own, it's usually very easy just to be like, well, do you want a package? Yeah. And that's not what you wanted. You just want this bitch to leave you alone. <laughs> so how do we get there? And yeah. then I tell you the script to what to say and how to show up. And, you know, and you're not emotional. It's just a matter of fact, like, hey, you know, my psychological safety, I'm being bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make sense. And I think for her, I think I would like to propose a solution to you. You know, for two weeks, we're not gonna, we're not gonna work. There's nothing mission critical that we have to meet in person or on teams. So all of our work can be done uh, effectively and efficiently through written communication. And then I'm hoping that there's a coach that you guys have that you can resource her because she really needs help understanding how to work with her employees, especially possibly employees of color. Bingo. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's chess. Baby. That's chess. Baby. Yeah, that's damn near checkmate. Baby. Because the onus is now on HR. Exactly. But they have a solution. Yeah. That you provided. Exactly. But it's better than them coming up with, well, it might just be easy to slide you this severance package. Mm-hmm. You go do something else. Yeah. Because, oh, we don't, maybe this culture isn't a fit for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I beat you to that. So that ain't good. We ain't on that. I love working here. That's my, I tell people, say that shit all the time. I love working here. And then when somebody say, I don't think you like working here. Actually, who, I ask, ask Tom. I always say I love working here. I love working with my team. Like the people you do like, tell them all the time. Oh man, you're so great. Well, I love working with you. That's how I drive my narrative. Yeah. Do I like working? That is not, you, you are mission driven. So you, you go play the game the way the game need to be played. And in in order to do that, you got to understand the instructions of the yes. game, right? And what the game is. Yes. So my favorite book is by a white man. And the book, he wrote it for other white men to do well in sales and in companies. Mm. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Every way I move, everything I interpret for us, yeah. I put it in our own language. But again, it's a human behavior thing. Yeah. And white people are human, despite how they be acting sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They are human. So. so so check this out. So so you've the amount of nuggets that I, I think give perspective to what it's like to work in an environment and how to do it effectively. Mm-hmm. And I like how you kind of you akin it to a chess game or a chess match or a it chess is. board, right? It is. If you could give, like, like for example, let's say we got a lot of brilliant young black women. Let's mm-hmm. say women in particular, mm-hmm. right? 
going into to corporate environments, right? Mm-hmm. If you had to teach them mm-hmm. how to play chess, mm-hmm. how would you do it? Number one, and it's straight from Dale Carnegie book, and I really always hate to tell black people this, um, but truly smiling. Truly, I know. Out the gate. One, out the gate. First rule. Smile at these motherfuckers. And my mama taught me how to smile a long time ago because she knew my facial expressions was cussing people out all the time. I don't even know I'm cussing people out with my face. It just happens. So I'd just be like, dang. Somebody took a picture of me at this event I was at. I was like, but I like her. <laughs> Delete that. Um, right, rewind that. Right. Yeah. But really and truly, from the basic human perspective, smiling disarms everybody. So show your teeth. So that's how I like to couch it. Show your teeth. So when yeah. you get on that Zoom call and you can be like, this motherfucking bitch right here. Right. I this can't bullshit. stand this bitch. This bullshit she's saying right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on camera, they don't, they see you smile yeah. and be like, oh, Felicia, hey. Good to see you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're having a great day today. Yeah. Because I'm going to get paid on Thursday. Yes. Exactly. Don't forget the reason you're there. Stay focused. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the other thing. Stay focused on where you're trying to go and really plan it, right? And you can get through any organization you work for, whether it's corporate, nonprofit, what have you, when you create a plan and you work your plan. And that's really what you got. That's what playing chess is. Mm-hmm. So I, what I do is I just help people work their plan. For any situation and where they're trying to go. Yeah. But if I if I could get a group of black women in a room, yeah. the first thing we would do outside of praying, because I would I would always start with we we gotta pray and do some deep breathing because it's heavy. There's so much people are carrying in their back seats you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And there's so much on Especially your shoulders. Women. Yeah. yeah. There's so much on your shoulders, um, especially when, you know, we're more educated now. We're making more money now. Let Tyler Perry be in our pockets. I love you, Tyler, though, in case you want to give me a job. <laughs> I'll throw that out there. Um, <laughs> I saw that sign the other day on 285, Tyler Perry Studios. I was like, hey, yeah, Tyler. in there. Um, but we're, we're at that age where people are, Getting older, so we're we're taking care of our parents and kids. Yes. Yep. Right. It, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And so I would just say, okay, first we're gonna breathe. We're gonna look just deep breathing. We're gonna shake it out. Um, we're gonna say a prayer. We're gonna ask God to continue to protect us and guide us and give us the right words, because that's the secret weapon is your words. Use your words, but know what words to use. Mm-hmm. And then we would start out with, what do you really want? Because a lot of times people are told, go to school, get a good job. Go to school, get a good job. Okay, I did that, and I realized I was so fucking unhappy. Mm-hmm. Miserable. Yeah. Can't do this forever. No. And don't get me wrong, like... 
I'm in it with my listeners. Like, I'm still in corporate, right? Like, yeah. I lost my job after medical leave. So again, these are all stories. I tell it on the podcast. I tell it all. I don't care. Because it's important for people to know that they're not alone. So yeah. that's the first lesson. We're all in this together. Yeah. We're and not alone. None of this is new. None of this is new. Yeah. Nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And then it really is, we're not going to have a bitch session because that's what we tend to like to do. Because you want to feel seen. Because you feel like you're alone. Yeah. So, go have, y'all go have, we had that already. We done done all the bitching. Now, what do we really want? And how do we get there? And yep. let's stay focused on that. And then let's troubleshoot. How do we get over Bob, who's, you know, takes our ideas so he can get promoted? How do we get over Becky, who is trying to sabotage us and telling us one thing and playing telephone with, you know, the key people we need to work with and then acting as like, you know, the go-between. And then when you try to go directly, now you out of line. You know, mm-hmm. how do you troubleshoot that? How do you strategically build relationship to, relationships to get information? That's what HR is good for. You always make friends with your HR business partner. Never go to HR and complain. Mm-hmm. Always go to HR and tell them how, oh my God, it's so great here. I really like it here. I mean... Am I only having this experience? And they'd be like, yeah, girl. And then... <laughs> yeah, you're the, you the only one. You about the only one. No. And then mm-hmm. it'll be a joke. And then it'll be like, no, there's some people who I think they really like it here. They're having good careers here. And then it's like, you know, I really want to grow here. Can you tell me what the process is? What the promotion process is? Like... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Is it only my boss? or is it, So that's how you find out who got the juice from your HRBP. They in the room. They in they the know. meeting. They and know where the juice flow. they like you, they're going to put you they'll on They'll tell game. you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So again, you got to be strategic. Now, don't go telling them your business and all that. You just they're not your friends. No. They're yeah. not your friend. And never talk, never talk about anybody at work except to your girlfriend that don't work there. You can cuss these people out, talk about them bad all you want to... Outside of work. Mm-hmm. Not even if you have a mentor in work, don't talk, don't say nothing negative. Never say anything negative. State facts. So sometimes we perceive facts as being negative. So you have to understand how to calculate and recalculate for impact. Yeah. So like, let's say sales are down 10% and we're not going to make it this quarter. You don't say that. You say, hey, Bob, we got a real opportunity here. We got about three weeks left in the quarter. Yeah. And we Looks got... Looks like we have some we, headwinds. We got some headwinds, but we got 10% to go. And that doesn't seem like a lot. Now, you know, your black ass know that's a lot. Everybody know that's, that 10% could be $30 billion. Who knows, right? Yeah. Like, but it's, it's a lot in three weeks. And then you say, well, I'm thinking I'm going to try this plan. It might not work, but at least we'll get some lessons from it. Okay, Felicia, that sounds like a good idea. Because see, Bob ain't had that idea. Bob, Bob is Bob, running around and stressed t- out. Yep. And come with solutions. 
right? Mm-hmm. Understand the business. But those are just business basics. And I don't care if you're a nonprofit government, you should always understand how does this place save money and make money. Yeah. If they pay you, you need to understand how they pay you. Yeah, how they get paid to pay you. Exactly. Yeah. So you can start figuring out, okay, how do I get more of that money? Because I guarantee you, they pay you what you make because they make 10x off of the work you do. Because mm-hmm. right. if they didn't, the business model wouldn't work. Yeah. They could, if they paid you, you what you there. were worth, yeah, it wouldn't work. Yeah. I wouldn't buy a pack of gum for 25 cents that I bought for 25 cents. Exactly. I wouldn't, I mean, you don't, you don't, you can't make money that exactly. way, right? Yeah. Just like those little boys that be selling water on the street. They get from Sam's Club for 25 cents a bottle and then they sell it to you for a dollar. Yeah. Nice little marker. Exactly. Yeah. So. This is capitalism, I love, understand. Uh, you are a commodity. Yes. Yeah. But, and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. But you have to reaffirm your humanity even when these places don't. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you have to take care of self. You have to put yourself first. The thing I really, the other thing I really want black people to do, yeah. and black women in particular, but black people all together, schedule everything else for your life before you schedule work. Schedule work in between the gaps. Because you're excellent. You can get that work done in that little time. You be boonjong and playing around and procrastinating because you hate this shit or whatever else we be doing, scrolling, all the things. Yeah. Then schedule all your time for you and then schedule block the blocks in between for work. And then dedicate that time to work, get the shit done, and be done with it. Yeah. Do not let these places run you. I don't care how powered your job is. If you set your boundaries and if you're efficient with your time like you should be, then you can have a good life and have these high-powered jobs. Yeah. But we've gotten into this, I got to appear to be busy. Why? Yeah. Or my boss is calling me at 8 o'clock at night. Who said you had to answer the phone? Yeah. They'll learn. And that's the other thing. Stop trying to reinforce your boundaries. That was the biggest lesson I learned. I was working at Kellogg Foods. And this is one I can talk about. Uh, some others I can't say. We signed things. Anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a whole nother lesson right, right there. The signature um, is strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, if they pay you to come, they'll pay you to leave. But at Kellogg's, I never forget, I, I was driving to work because Kellogg's is in Battle Creek. And if you're black, you live in Kalamazoo because that's your best option. You don't want to live in Battle Creek. If you're single and black. Mm. Some of the married people, they live in Battle Creek. So I'm driving to work. It's winter time. I spin out because I'm from Texas. Uh, yeah, you don't know nothing about this. Right. Yeah. And 18 wheeler comes and he stops. I, I'm looking, just like we're looking at each other right now. This is yeah. how me and 18 wheeler, I'm looking up at him. He's looking down at me and I'm like, thank you for not killing me today. Right. So then I go into work and I'm adamant about, okay, listen. I'm not going to drive in here when I don't feel comfortable driving because I felt like a lot of that was I was already nervous about driving. I knew it was ice on the road. But I had gotten a new director, white man, senior director. And so he was on this kick about, well, we're Team Pringles. And so we got to be at work at 8 o'clock sharp. And, you know, again, insecure white man. The only thing worse than a Karen... Working for a Karen is working for an insecure white man. And so I'm like, 
okay, I'm going to call this meeting with him and my boss. Because I, I, there was a person in between us who's another white, a short white man. Again, insecure white man. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working for him, this other short white man. And then the HR woman was an Afro-Latina lady. So I, I, I called a meeting because I'm like, I'm not coming in here if I'm not comfortable driving. You know that Afro-Latina lady reamed me out in front of these two white dudes and was like, that's your problem, Felicia. You're emotional. And this is business. And I'm like... Oh, that's from HR. Yeah, yeah. This is... But I did this again. I bled so y'all could fly. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can share these lessons. Yes. Yeah. But now what I know is just come in when you come in until he say something. He wasn't really going to say nothing to me. He insecure. I, all I had to do was give him the black mama look. He would have left me alone. But I didn't know that time I was afraid and I was trying to get promoted. And so I was working hard and I'd be coming in early and trying to stay late and all that. You ain't got to do all that to get promoted. Mm-mm. Yeah. You don't. Just do your B-plus game. You, that will get you promoted. Black people. Don't do that, white people. You hear that? That, that B-plus game. <laughs> yeah. What? That B-plus game will get you promoted. Mm-hmm. If you... Have a plan. You understand how to create the plan. Work your plan. You'll get promoted. But mm. I was in there like, whoa, y'all are going to align to my... You know, that that man sat there and said, well, you can move to Battle Creek. And you have you gotten weatherized tires? And, you know, you just have to leave earlier and drive slower. And everything but, you know what, Felicia? Whatever's going to make you feel safe. Yeah, we your make you life, feel safe. He never said your life is important. Yeah, the most important thing that you know, because what yeah. the most important thing that they told me that day was this fucking company. And you gonna be there? Some o'clock. fucking Pringles. Yeah. Do you even eat Pringles? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Do you know what's in a Pringle? Never mind. Right, right, right. Let's Pringle go deep good. into these Pringles. Right, like, <laughs> is this really worth my life? No. Right. Yeah. I mean, the depth of that is is. See, it's beautiful that you have so many stories and so many areas of practical experience that people actually can. You know, a lot of people talking this more theoretical. It's like, oh yeah, you should do this, 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 and this. I hate that because get a mentor, get a sponsor. Guess what? You can't get sponsors. I got a whole networking series. For September, all my episodes in September are about networking. I started out with, okay, black people, I know we're afraid of these people, but you got to stop being afraid of them. They can't hurt you. I know it feels like they can, but they really can't. Right. Let it go. Focus. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and now that we're over the fear and we know we got a plan, now let's get the right mentors and attract sponsors. And your mentors are your advocates to help you attract sponsorship. Mm-hmm. You got to know the game. Yeah. But people think, oh my God, I got to, you know, black folks, <laughs> type A. I got to find a sponsor. I'm going to find a sponsor. Oh, is that what I need you to be my sponsor? Will you be my sponsor? Okay, I'm going to get bold and I'm going to contact the CEO and he's going to be my sponsor. I actually tried. Yeah. That's not how that works. Uh-uh, no. That's not how that works. But nobody told me that. Mm-mm, they just know. said, get a sponsor. Yeah. You know how to And do I that? was like, I want to be the CEO. Right. Let me talk. Let me email let the me CEO the real CEO. quick. Yeah. And I have emailed them many of CEOs because mm-hmm. they email me right in the system. Don't, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't do that. Yeah. That ain't, that yeah. ain't how that works. Right, right. So look, 
we 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 come in. Yes, up on top. No, 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 no. This has been an absolutely beautiful episode, and I think it's a significant amount of nuggets of real practical, extremely valuable advice, guidance, counsel. Yes. Like all wrapped into experience. Plus, you care for us. You care for for your Deeply. people. So this is why you do it. So it, Deeply. Unapologetically. It yeah. And we need to start doing that. Yes. We need to start being unapologetic about taking care of us. If you're a black yeah. leader in an organization, you should be unapologetic about hiring other black people because the white man, he hiring a bunch of white people and nobody says anything about Mm-mm. his diversity on his team. Because, yes. Fuck the optics. It ain't about like make make your shit is the most amazing thing that you can exactly. make. Exactly. Use so so check this out. I'm gonna, I got one final question yes. for you. Um, <laughs> and and I, I I love this question because it is it makes you think about like impact and mm-hmm. you have a lot of impact. You have a, a a vast ability to influence a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's gonna be two questions, That's but, good. but one's gonna be easy. <laughs> If you had a microphone, right, and you had the attention of every, like, full attention mm-hmm. to where, like, all thought processes is on this signal and this message that you're going to provide mm-hmm. to all the black women, young, middle-aged, older, in corporate environments, working, not working, want to work, want to get promoted, mm-hmm. what would you say to them right now with your voice and your words. You're not crazy. I see you. You're going to be okay. Don't quit. Strategize. You can make it. You're not crazy. These things are happening to you, but God will never let you down. Wow. Yeah. Now listen. This is this is the, the and what I want you to do. I want you to tell all our listeners mm-hmm. how they can get in touch with you, how they can contact you, mm-hmm. how they can get on your schedule, how yes. they can get your program, <laughs> how they can listen to the podcast, like all ways to engage with Felicia. Yes. So all of our socials are at Trill MBA Show. So Trill T R I L L M B A, like mm-hmm. the degree, and show, because it's a podcast. So it's Trill MBA show. Um, you can get at me or my team. I, I do check the email still. I ain't got there yet, but sometimes other people check it too. Um, but it's ask at trillmba.com. You can go to trillmba.com, um, check out all of our episodes. Um, I really work to put uh, summaries and like key takeaways now on each each episode. Mm-hmm. We are really into this chat GBT and that's a whole... Listen, Gregory Paul Thomas is my man, okay? That's my boyfriend. We go together real bad. Even <laughs> though when I said, you want to be my boyfriend, Chad GBT, he was like, I'm a language model. I don't have feelings. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I can't love you, <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> but no, get into... It's really helpful. It's impactful. And I'm really working to create more tools um, I do have a Patreon. You can check out patreon.trillmbashow. Um, I, I've been creating tools like a work style guide that I actually got from my coworker, Michael Pittman, who was amazing, uh, amazing marketer, amazing innovation marketing mind. Um, but he really is good about processes. And so there's a worksheet that 
you give to the person you're working with, you write out. And so it's just like pet peeves and how I work best and how I could use your help. And you talk through it with that person and you get a better understanding. It humanizes both of you for each other. And then you just build a better working relationship. And that's a document I tell people to use when they start working with somebody, onboarding on the team. If you're having a conflict with that person, pause and do that exercise. So that's on the Patreon. I have an internal networking worksheet guide on the Patreon. And so we're just going to build these tools out. And then I'm working on a book to have like a practical career Bible, like how you get through each job cycle. So we're working on that um, all the rest of this year. And hopefully I'll launch it next year. Um, But I just want to get the tools and tactical things. I'm tired of people saying, get a sponsor, get a mentor. Oh, just go to school, get a good job. Like they just throw out this advice and act like you need, you go figure out, it's hazing. You go figure it out. Yeah. But you already did it. Just tell me what to do. Like, Right, give me the steps. Why are we wasting time? And I get it. Like sometimes you do need to go do your Googles. I get that. But when it comes to like navigating the workplace, I grew up with, parents who, my grandma had a ninth grade education. My mom had, she graduated from high school, barely. Like, that wasn't their thing. So like, they, I called my mom to tell her how I was being mistreated in Minnesota. And she was like, okay, baby, let me pray for you. No, I needed somebody to say, okay, that's what he said. And that's what she said. Okay, now you need to go do this. You need to go do that. You need to get a lawyer, right? Like, I needed real, like, steps of what to do to make it out alive and again my best possible outcome so that's what I focus on I'm good with sticky situations I love that that's my favorite thing because you know resourcefulness and I'm half Nigerian so (laughs) I'm a Capricorn I'm gonna figure it out yeah but yeah like you you can find me if you just google Felicia and Rose Newhart it's coming Uh, all the things I'm SEO'd out I think my team has got it so I'm searchable, I'm findable, and I'm here to help. Um, but, I, you know, y'all making money, y'all can afford this. Um, right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and if you want coaching, go to our website, trulmba.com slash coaching, and you can sign up for an individual session. You can, um, if you know you're trying to get promoted, I have coaching packages, and I really work with people on that promotion plan. Um, if you're on a PIP and you're newly on a PIP, I can help you. But if you're like into the PIP and they about to let you go, I'm going to kick you to Attorney Anitra because at that point, you need an attorney to figure out how to get your money. Yeah. Uh, oh, the yeah. PIP is a performance improvement, improvement plan, plan. Yeah. which is bullshit. You're not, you're not crazy. You're, you're not a bad employee because if, if it really was just about I need to help you figure out. I need to hold your hand a little bit. If I like you, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to put you on a pip. You don't have to. Right. Right. But yep. I don't if you, like you. If your real you, intent is to. Yeah. But I don't like you. And I just need to get you out of here. And the HR people said I needed to put you on this plan. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Right. But they don't. It's always a, you're just not meeting expectations, Felicia. I mean, you're yeah. just like art. Like, you're just not getting it done. And so now I'm going to give you this long list of shit I know you can never do. Right. And I'm not going to support you. And I'm not going to support you at all. And so that's why I said, if you're in the midst of the PIP, you really need an attorney because an attorney will, a good employment attorney will help you strategize and set them up because when they don't help you, because that's their tendency, Mm -hmm. now the onus becomes on them. Because you can't put somebody on a performance improvement plan 
and not help them. Be successful. Because now, you, now yeah. you've created a hostile work environment. It could be retaliatory for some. If you've complained to HR, now this is retaliation. Like, it's all kinds of things yeah. that they don't teach us. Yep. But Attorney Anisha, I've learned a lot from her. She's really, really good. Yep. I, I fully endorse her. <laughs> so listen, our listeners, today you got a earful yes. um, <laughs> of amazing content, masterful content. And Felicia, I just want to thank you for, for the work that you do. It's a lot of people. Appreciate I think every, every individual in corporate America, black woman, black man, mm -hmm. should know the instruction, the toolkit, of how to navigate corporate environments. Just listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's you, all I do is work through. I, the way I plan my show every season is around every quarter, what should you be doing? Mm -hmm. So there's always episodes. Okay, this month you should be working on this. Yeah. Uh, like we had an episode about the September surge. That's a real thing. Like companies are hiring in this time because they got to hurry up and spend the money. Yep. They got open roles. They've been lazy. It was summer. They was chilling, whatever. Yep. And then once Christmas come, like Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving, it's a wrap. Right. Everybody out. Done. <laughs> done. Ain't nothing getting done. Right. Either we made the year or we didn't. <laughs> See? So, listeners, another dope episode. want to thank y'all. Y'all check out Trill NBA. Yes. Um, and just know we love you. This is why we do what we do. And while black family, we out. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.